Coming up on This Week in Games, GameStop negotiates a buyout, Crackdown 3 has development drama, and the WHO identifies gaming disorder. Coming up, This Week in Games. Welcome to This Week in Games, and as always, I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and we are officially in the post-E3 slump. That means not much is going to happen, but there managed to be a few um, news articles of the week, I'll say. <laughs> Let's get to it. Crackdown 3 loses Regent Games and its series creator, David Jones. So, after an announcement trailer at Xbox Z3 press conference, Crackdown 3 has kind of remained a mystery as to who was working on it. This was a piece done by Polygon. So basically, they investigated what happened to the series creator and what happened to the game's developer, Regent Games. Because Regent Games hasn't had a, a news update or an announcement or a post or anything since late 2017. And Polygon investigating like kind of LinkedIn accounts for people who work there. It seems there was a mass exodus pretty much ending with everyone leaving and going to epic including series creator david jones so polygon spoke to crackdown 3 uh publisher microsoft microsoft has reported that sumo digital is working on the project alone and that regent games is no longer involved but they wouldn't comment on whether cloud gen was still being used for their cloud uh technology why is that interesting? Well, Epic Games secured a mass amount of Regent Games employees, including David Jones, the series creator. But David Jones had another company, CloudGen, which Epic Games just bought out outright. So they basically poached everyone from Regent Games and then outright bought out CloudGen and their technology. And basically, Microsoft doesn't want to admit that CloudGen is still being used on Crackdown 3 by Sumo Digital. So they're not confirming or denying, which means it is... All right, next up, World Health Organization officially recognizes gaming disorder. So this is a bit of a long one, so I'll run through it fast. Gaming disorder is characterized by a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior, which may be online or offline, manifested by 1. Impaired control over gaming. 2. Increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over the life interests and daily activities. And 3. Continuation or escalation of gaming despite... The occurrence of negative behavior consequences. I must have read that wrong. So basically, this is uh, our industry's version of a gambling addict, so or an alcoholic or anything. And I think number two is the most important. Once gaming takes over other activities in your life, eating, hygiene, bathing, social stuff, that's when you know you have a problem. Or your life sucks and gaming is actually that much more fun than <laughs> living in your own life. I don't know. You, you decide. All right, next up. 16 Studios removed alleged spyware from their game. The alleged spyware is Redshell. So Redshell is a company that makes software, which their pitch is, claims to help developers measure the effectiveness of their marketing campaigns. Redshell has been found in over 50 games, the two biggest being The Elder Scrolls Online and Civilization VI. 
And then here comes Reddit. Reddit, after a series of investigation and posts, basically claims that Redshell is a spyware that tracks data on your PC and shares it with third-party companies. And the data extends well beyond anything related to the game. Interesting enough, Redshell has made a bunch of back and forth, and they really haven't commented on the collection, storing, and whether they sell this data besides sharing it with the developers, which means they do bundle and sell this data. So if I had to put on my wizard hat and just make up stuff, the way I see it is probably Redshell goes to these gaming companies. They offer this service for pretty cheap or maybe even free, and the companies just shove this... uh, Redshell software onto their game. People install the game. Redshell hands back all the data on the cells of the game and installations and type of PCs being used and everything else. And people like Bethesda are happy, right? And then Redshell just continues to mine everything and then they aggregate all the data from all the people, bundle that up, and sell it off to marketing companies or consultants or anyone analyzing the industry. So. That's kind of my uh, half-assed take on this, and probably not that wrong. Next up, Nexon celebrates 10 years since Dungeon Fighter Online's release. That's not important. What's important is they announced the game has grossed a lifetime revenue exceeding $10 billion. Holy shit, I can't believe that this game has made $10 billion. It's really depressing. What's really funny is when Dungeon (laughs) Dungeon Fighter Online came out, 10 years ago I played it and I remember just being like oh man this game looks like it's like 10 years old back then (laughs) and like the game has made over 10 billion dollars it's good for them good for them and you know what clearly this game makes people happy but I I mean I would have never guessed 10 billion rounding out the news of the week Valve bows to the Dutch gaming authority and removes CSGO and Dota 2 digital items trading so you listen to this podcast i've covered this to extent and kind of did follow-ups on it and here's the final kind of verdict to avoid legal legal prosecution valve decides to remove the digital items trading in their games in the netherlands so basically uh the dutch country well the dutch gaming authority which is a um branch of like you know, whatever their department of justice is, has threatened criminal prosecutions if their demands weren't met. So it's specifically the ability to trade these digital items. And that's what's really important here because then that allows people to make full circles. So you can buy digital items or collect them through randomized mechanics. We like to call them loot crates, but it's just randomized numbers um, with the rare items obviously being rare in these loot crates. And then once you acquire them, you can then, quote-unquote, trade them, but basically sell them for real money to other people who you then give the digital item to. And this creates a full-circle gambling, um, digital gambling currency, basically. So good on uh, the Netherlands and bad on Valve. (laughs) All right, let's get through some business news. Probably the biggest item of the week, Reuters reports. GameStop is in buyout talks. So the company has countered this report with, they're in exploratory discussions. So GameStop is in uh, buyout talks. So this comes after a series of weird setbacks. So basically, they had numerous CEO changes. Um, Their CEO stepped down and then died a few months later. The new CEO was there for three months and then 
proceeded to quit after three months. And then finally, a former head of Xbox at Microsoft has stepped in as a CEO. On top of that, they've had plenty of senior leadership uh, shakeups, including other C-level staff and SVPs and everything of that level. And then even more oddly enough, the price of GameStop stock took a sharp drop after E3, which is weird for a game company that or a company that sells games after a bunch of games have just been announced that people would want to buy. Um, you know, it's sad to see this happen, but basically it comes down to a few things. GameStop treats customers pretty poorly, and that's not their employees' faults. It's through the company culture and policies, the constant upselling, and kind of just like m- making everything every transaction there difficult as you're being kind of lied to and persuaded to buy all these services and pre-buys and everything else that you don't really need. So, sad on them. Um, Next up, Unity and Google announce a partnership for multiplayer development. This is awesome. So, the tech giant and the game engine that could team up to bring you server hosting and matchmaking tools for easy multiplayer development in Unity. Honestly, this is great for everyone. Um, I can speak as a developer. Multiplayer is both the most important aspect of many, many games and easily the most difficult one to implement. So anything Unity can do to smooth this over, and Unity is kind of the gold standard of smoothing over the difficult parts of game development, um, the better. So next up, Bluehole to acquire mobile dev Delusion Studios. So this is a weird one. So the PUBG Corp parent company Bluehole, so this is the parent company that owns the company that owns PUBG, is going to acquire mobile game developer Delusion Studio. Delusion Studio is Korean and pretty much known for a handful of games, their biggest being their newest game, Castleburn. I've never heard of any of their games, probably really big in Korea. One thing pointing to this is, this is kind of like Tencent still on the fringe on whether they want to buy another an additional 10% stake in Bluehole. I think they own like 1.5%. They're looking to buy another 10%. And the rumor is it's upwards of $470 million. So kind of like the way the press is feeding this one is like um, the acquisition of Delusion Studios was kind of a little something to sweeten the pot for Tencent to throw a bit more money into Bluehole. But we'll see. All right, let's get to some boring news. Nintendo and Microsoft launch a cross-platform play campaign, and this is kind of just targeting Sony over their decision to not allow cross-platform play. It's to mock Sony. Both of them are like, blah, 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 play together, blah, blah, blah. And it's mainly over games like Fortnite, Minecraft, and Rocket League, which are multi-console games that Sony refuses to let cross-platform play happen. And finally, for business news, Bethesda sues over a Westworld mobile game. So Bethesda says the Westworld mobile game is a blatant ripoff of Fallout Shelter. Um, Anyone who's listened to this knows that this shit never goes through. Because game lawsuits like this over, like, similarities pretty much never go to the plane unless one of two things has happened. Art is similar or flat out stolen, so you can't copy, like, Mickey Mouse and put them in your game, and you can't copy the writing, so taglines from, like, Devil May Cry or, you know, names of characters or exact phrases in Final Fantasy games, you can't copy and put in your game. But as long as you don't do either of those, you can pretty much mechanic for mechanic rip off a game, so... 
Good luck, Bethesda. So let's end with some bad news because that's how I roll. Portalarium. Portalarium. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. They're the developers of Shroud the Avatar has had a big round of layoffs. So for those who don't know what Shrouded the Avatar is, it's a game kind of like, uh, it was kind of like kicked up by Sir Richard Garriott as a spiritual successor to the Ultima games, and it was kickstarted in 2013, released in early access in 2014. Episode 1 went out in March of this year, 2018, so that's a big, giant gap. Um... And the round of layoffs happened after the Kickstarter rewards had been shipped. So that's really bad. Really bad. So the company says they're going to have a small, thrifty team and focus on Episode 2 with existing tools and development. That basically means Episode 2 is going to suck. And uh, it's pretty much not a good sign that you're going to see all five episodes of this game. But that's it. That's our post-E3 slump edition. Hopefully next week we have better news, more news. Some other news, I don't know. <laughs> but this always happens. E3 is the big blast. Any drama or big news was saved for that. And now, kind of just with the leftovers. So, I'm Aaron McConnell. I'll see you next week, This Week in Games.